In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 63rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. This week, we're going to look at the question that's on everybody's mind here as the offseason is completed, the teams are on break, and they will not reconvene until late July. Did the Falcons do enough? to overtake and dethrone the New Orleans Saints in the 2018 season that's coming up. They finished second last season. The Carolina Panthers were third, followed by Tampa Bay. And all three of the top teams went to the playoffs, with the Saints and the Falcons going to the divisional round and uh, the Panthers bowing out early. The Falcons and the Saints have to be considered the contenders. Carolina's made too many material changes in the offseason. Everybody's wondering how the Cam Newton and North Turner situation is going to work out. They've added some weapons for Cam in that uh, offense up there. But, you know, is that going to be enough to get them moving back up toward the elite status in the NFC? And there's the question of whether that defense is getting too old uh, over there in Carolina and if the secondary is any good. So it's got to be the Saints and the Falcons for now. And you really can't look at Tampa Bay as a contender with their situation at quarterback with Jameis Winston. You know, the news came out last week that he might be suspended uh, four games with a possibility of having it reduced to three Uh, Several reports out there, but nothing from the league yet on his uh, situation out in Arizona where he allegedly groped a Uber driver. So, you know, you can't really look at Tampa Bay as a serious contender in the NFC South. Carolina has too many material changes, so it boils down to the Falcons and the Saints. And I know our buddy Jeff Duncan has had a column there on Tuesday. uh, Didn't like the Falcons poster or something or another and took some shots at the roof and the stadium not being open. Well, that's Jeff. He's funny. And uh, he does a good job uh, down there in New Orleans at the Times Picayune. Right now, I think you got to give the edge to the Saints because the Falcons did not, uh, you know, make any material changes. They took care of their own players. Uh, got some special teams guys in the draft and uh, in free agency. And Justin Bethel uh, may have improved their line with Brandon Fusco, but maybe not. Uh, so you know, they they areas for their areas for improvement uh, were not great. It's going to be more of a um, you know, can they continue to get better as a unit? under Steve Sarkeesian on the offensive side of the ball. The defense will be key. Uh, you know, if they, can, if they can continue to improve and, uh, 
you know, get better at stopping teams against the run. That's going to be the key this year with the loss of Don Terry Poe and Adrian Claiborne. Uh, secondary's fine. Linebackers appear to be fine. They should uh, continue to grow under second-year defensive coordinator Mark Juan Manu. Can't give the Falcons the edge because Julio Jones, their number one weapon, wasn't here over the offseason. Uh, I don't think you have any problem catching up. But uh, we'll have to give the slight tip of the hand after all the offseason uh, acquisitions and so forth to the New Orleans Saints. They didn't do anything major uh, except for in the draft when they got Davenport and traded all their picks away. They picked up a couple defensive backs that could help them. Kirk Coleman, they got him from Carolina. Patrick Robinson, a former Saint, they signed him to a four-year, a $20 million deal. Uh, Demario uh, Davis, linebacker there, should help him. So should uh, Alex Okafor, two-year, $6.78 million deal for him. And the old veteran Ben Watson, the old Georgia Bulldog, came back to the Saints on a one-year deal. Uh, Cam Meredith, the uh, wide receiver who was up in Chicago, uh, got in for a two-year deal. But you see, you know, just some guy, you know, good, good players, good sound players to help round out the roster. The biggest move was drafting, trading up to draft Marcus Davenport, a defensive end. Uh, they got Traquan Smith in the third round, the Central Florida wide receiver. Uh, and then, you know, a couple other guys that might be able to help them out uh, in some um, depth situations and uh, on the special team. So after the dust is settled in the offseason, I think you got to give a slight nod to the Saints. But the Falcons will be coming on to see if they can dethrone the Saints in the NFC South as the champs. Well, you know, we uh, talked to a couple players uh, before everything got wrapped up and got out of here. And uh, we want to hear today just real briefly from Deion Jones, the middle linebacker, and Ryan Schrader, the uh, right tackle. Falcons are expecting big things from both of these guys. Here's Dion. Yeah, nah, yeah. This new phone stuff, this for y'all kids. Hey, <laughs> hey just how's it been going? And then from a defensive perspective, you know, uh, what do y'all, you know, see or think about when you were without Julio being here, one of the leaders and so forth? I mean, um, you know, we've just been taking care to take care on our side and uh, really just um, honing in and just stacking, you know, a brick every day. And the type of player that, you know, we know who he is. We know he's going to come in prepared and ready to go. Uh, so we're just focusing on what we have here. And, uh, you know, when he gets here, it's going to be like, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. back yeah. to it, like nothing happened. Right. And um, how important is the mini camp for the young guys? I know you yeah. You made strides the last couple of years here. and uh, But he's an eight-year guy, so maybe, you know, like New England, that guy's all the way off. And Green Bay has 16 vets not even come. So I don't know how important it is for yeah. For guys, but I mean, it's a, it's a good it's a good opportunity for uh, the the guys who just came in to you know get most of the reps, uh, fly around, get some more of the tape on film before camp, and pretty much uh, get the corrections in that they need to go in and work on before the break. I feel like uh, that was what I took from it when I was at minicamp, and uh, I feel like uh, that helps you make great strides and know what you need to work on before camp starts. Camp. Okay, all right, hey, Dion, appreciate. Yeah, there's there's Deion Jones. He called it, uh, we got to take care of the take care. Uh, I think he means, you know, taking care of business. That was his way of saying that. Just a little clip here from Ryan Schrader, the starting right tackle. 
Practice been going for you. I talked to Coach Morgan. He said, hey, you know, it's good seeing the young guys like yourself and Jake. You know, now y'all the leaders. You know, yeah. I used to be the young guy. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool, you know, it's every year I feel like it's just more of a, you know, become more familiar and learn how to play the game, uh, being able to teach it, teach the young guys about in that aspect, and that helps me learn it as well. And uh, then with just Julio being absent, uh, how do y'all try to, you know, carry on with him being such a main part of the offense? Oh, I mean, e- either way, whether it's here or not, I, you know, we got to we gotta get better at what we do individually, and that's what's going to make the team better. Okay, Ryan, I'll just, um, I'd ask him about, you know, getting a leadership role now in Julio, so I'll let Max finish. Yeah, there we go. I was setting up uh, our intern, Max, for an interview with uh, Ryan Schrader, but I went on and asked him a couple of questions to get him started here. Uh, before I move on, I'm just going to um, – I get a lot of emails from uh, uh, kids in college or in high school that want to get into the sports business. And here at the end today, I'm going to uh, give you some information that uh, should be helpful for a lot of folks. So go ahead and grab a pen and some paper, and we'll get to that uh, at the end here when we talk about the uh, NABJ convention coming up in Detroit for you. But uh, let's move on to the Super Bowl Legacy 53 program that came out this week that the uh, Super Bowl committee in addition to the money that brings uh, that comes into the city and all the fanfare that goes with uh, Super Bowl 53, they want to leave a lasting legacy in the community with uh, several youth initiatives and some social action and civil rights initiatives that uh, you know are to be commended. So we'll uh, ask you to Google the Legal Legacy 53 program. And uh, that'll be on uh, the AJC.com website. You can read about that and see how you can help out and leave a lasting legacy in Atlanta uh, for the Super Bowl 53, the third Super Bowl that will be hosted in the city since uh, 2000, the Legacy 53 program. Before we close, just like to, um, you know, pay tribute to the former Marietta High coach James Friday Richards, the old Florida Gator. Spent a couple years with the Jets, didn't ever make the team a roster, but a uh, great guy in the community in Marietta. And uh, he passed away recently. And uh, if you want to, you know, need a little uplift today, go on the uh, guest page on AJC.com where a lot of people are leaving a lot of kind notes for the old football coach. And it's pretty clear he affected a lot of lives in the community. And his trademark was telling the kids to go be somebody. And it looks like that worked out for a lot of them. Of course, uh, Eric Zaire was one of his big players there. I think Dexter Woods coached with him at at one point or another. Uh, But, yeah, if you're feeling a little down today with all the craziness going on in the world, and want to read some something that I'll give you some uplift. Go read that guest page uh, for Coach Coach Richards there. Uh, also, a good friend of the program here, uh, Arthur Trish, the producer at 92.9 The Game for Dukes and Bell, uh, gets me on the show all the time during the season. I really appreciate that. And former, because uh, we go back to the 90s when he was the uh, Atlanta Hawks VP and I was covering the NBA as a national NBA writer, and, uh, you know, he's having surgery today. Uh, so let's wish him and his family all the best, and that Arthur Arthur comes through the surgery in really good stead. 
Now, uh, for the journalism folks who, uh, you know, want to get into sports journalism, I know I know there's a lot of them because I, I teach at the University of Georgia and we have uh, a lot of folks in the intro to sports program or in the Grady uh, Certificate Program over there with uh, Professor Vicki Michaelis and Dr. Welch Suggs. So I uh, just want to give you all uh, some information about the NABJ Convention in Detroit this summer, the National Association of Black Journalists. Uh, a couple hashtags for you. Uh, hashtag NABJ18 and then hashtag meet me in the D. M-E-E-T, me, M-E-I-N, the D. Meet me in the D. The convention is going to be in Detroit this summer. And uh, job fairs galore, panels, a lot of things to uh, partake in the city, a 5K run and so forth. Uh, perfect opportunity to network and kind of launch your career and meeting all of the employers uh, from around the country uh, that will have, uh, you know, at the job fair and so forth. A couple of panels, Racism and Sexism in Sports, hosted by Sherrod Blakely, uh, moderated by David Aldrich of Turner Sports, Jamil Hill of The Undefeated, Mark Spears, Jesse Washington, Karan Phillips, Megan McPhee will all be uh, on the panel there. She's got game, women making power moves, showing, shining off camera. You got some of the behind-the-scenes executives that will be on that committee, uh, including the great Lisa Wilson, the senior editor at The Undefeated. Another one, another panel uh, for the sports folks, Breaking Through the Digital Glass Ceiling Task Force uh, by the Sports Task Force, moderated by Justin Walters, C.L. Brown of The Athletic, Marcus Thomas of The Athletic, Julian McWilliams, Athletic, Chris Hughes, excuse me, Chris Haynes, ESPN, uh, will be on that panel. So, uh, you know, there are opportunities for folks. It's a little bit harder than the uh, old days where you just uh, try to get a job at a newspaper in the high school section. Uh, but now with all the digital mediums out there and TV and, uh, you know, you have to be able to span all platforms these days. Uh, good place to start to, uh, you know, start your career and go to their job fair and, you know, if you need some improvement and, and so forth, they have panels and workshops and, and things of that sort for you to to uh, get into the sports business. So hashtag NABJ18 and hashtag meet me in the D. So with that, we're going to wrap up here with the 63rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Can the Falcons dethrone the Saints? We don't think so, based off of the offseason so far. Uh, need to see Julio Jones back in and need to know if that defense is going to hold up after losing Don Terry Poe and Adrian Claiborne. You all take care and get ready for the 4th of July. Be safe and have a great time next week. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is taking Georgia political coverage to the next level. Now, Georgia's smartest political team is adding Hall of Fame political broadcaster Bill Nygut. I am beyond thrilled to be joining the remarkable political team at the AJC. 
And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein, And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.